Hi, this is Jimmy, and you're listening to Stage Door Medium. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 16, The Name Game, featuring castmate from the hit TV show Glee and current star of Wicked on Broadway when it returns, Lindsay Heather Pierce. Hi, everyone. It's Jimmy here at Stage Door Medium. Welcome back to another week. Um, we have we have a really special guest today. Um, I could talk to them for like all day. Uh, we've been we've been talking for a while. And I'm like, oh, we got to talk about this now. We have to talk about this and this and this. Um, gosh, uh, please help me in welcoming the incredible Lindsay Heather Pierce to our show today. Hi, Lindsay. <laughs> How are you? Oh, my gosh. I mean... I'm good. good. <laughs> I think it changes day to day. It's, Who knows? it's like a question now when I answer to you, I'm like, good. Like you can always hear that like question. Yeah, mark. It's like a hundred dollar, like the, the hot topic question. Of, it like, changes like how, within the minute. How mentally healthy do you feel today? Oh, who knows? <laughs> That's a good way of wording it. Um, yeah. Thank you for, for coming, for coming on to our, you know, our, our show today. Um, if you're, oh if God, you're watching at home me. or in listening, um, Lindsay is just incredible. Her energy is, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, I've, it's it's a rarity that you meet somebody whose energy feels that otherworldly, but is still rooted here in the physical, and that's really her in a nutshell. And um, so, oh what God. you might best recognize, you know, her for uh, her, you know, turn in Glee. You were in later seasons, correct? I was in season three. Season three. Yeah. Why did I think it was later than that? I was way off. Oh God! I thought it was like when the, they were going to college years. I why did I always think you were one of the new groups coming in? I think I think that's uh, season three. I think was when a lot of them were seniors. Okay. Because my character was specifically introduced around a scene where they were uh, at like a college mixer that they were applying for. So maybe oh, that's yes. it. Yes. Yeah, you yeah. played harmony on the show. I did. Um, and you you did that Plucky fabulous. And <laughs> anything goes. Uh, the the Beaumont version. Oh my God. Um, and then gosh, yeah. uh, you just made your 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 Broadway debut in in Wicked <laughs> as Alphaba, and then you were there for like three weeks, and the pandemic yeah. was like psych. And uh, <laughs> yeah. bye bye. See you in a few years. <laughs> yeah. See you on the other side. So, did you always know growing up that like you had the bug and that this is what you wanted to do? Um, I think so. I, I think it, um, I think it took root in me before, before there was even a space to express it, if that makes sense. Like I, the joke in the joke in my family was I was singing before I was talking and, um, there were, there have been many stories, too many about, you know, me coming home from school and having memorized an entire book of, of, you know, lit or something like, like truly, coming home from preschool and knowing, you know, all these little preschool songs in English <laughs> and in Spanish. And, and, you know, like tons of, just tons of, I was such a mimic. Yeah. Uh, I was a parrot. Same here. And yeah. And I, I just had that brain, um, that just wanted, wanted to sponge everything up all the time. And, um, and then there was a moment where, um, we were, um, we were out of state. Uh, I think we were, in Montana or something like that. We were living in Oregon at the time. We were in Portland. Um, we'd moved there so my dad could go to college. And uh, I think I was maybe five, 
five-ish age and is playing in some tall grass singing just can't wait to be king from the lion king oh the 90s what a time the to best. be alive <laughs> and um god what an incredible thing my mom and when you when you're doing uh sports um at least at this in in the 90s um you kind of caravaned everybody had like a trailer that they hooked to their car and everybody drove out out, out of state to go to um championships and such and um all my brothers were playing soccer and i was like playing in the tall grass playing uh, pretending to be simba and um <laughs> this man went around and knocked on their doors everybody's doors and uh, they knocked on my parents' door and my mom answered and she was like, what did she do? Who did she bite? What has she done? Because <laughs> uh, I was a troublemaker <laughs> and uh, I was just so energetic. I had, I had too much uh, life uh, to live inside of me. And the man was a, the, he was either the head of the music department or was a music voice professor sure. at Portland State or uh, Portland University. And he was like, she's got perfect pitch. She's, she's really singing. Like she's, she's like singing, singing. She's not just messing around. Yeah. Like she's doing all the voices she's playing, you know, she's playing Nala and Zazu and she's doing like all the little, like all the little musicality things. And, uh, and my mom was like, oh, okay. I don't know what that means. And she told my dad. And when we moved back to California, uh, I was put into like a little kids theater thing. And that that's when it took, off. it took off. So it was a lot more of other people noticing before. And I feel like that's very common, but other people noticed before I did because my family wasn't um, theatrical at all. We were, they were all athletes and I wanted to be like my brothers. So I tried to play sports. <laughs> I tried and tried and tried and tried. And uh, turns out it's jazz hands for me. <laughs> that's all. That's the best sport I know how to play. Yep. So yeah, that, that was, I think, I think because other people noticed and allowed me to discover it myself, um, I'm going to say yes. The longest answer I could have given you is, yeah, oh, I think I've great. always known, um, but I don't think it's solidified until I was in my teens. I definitely, yeah. I tried to play sports too. Um, and I would always, I would always be out in the outfield and, um, they me would too. put me always out there and I would, I would, I would try to like talk to the bees because I remember Pocahontas talked to, um, flit. And so yes. I was like, maybe I have this ability to talk to animals. And then I remember I was just doing accents and stuff like that. And like totally mm -hmm. in my own world. And then the coach yes. would scream and, um, you know, uh, I was just like, um, is it intermission yet? Like uh, using <laughs> theatrical terms. 100%. And then if we won, I mean, I I was like, oh, is the team mom going to buy us food? So, um, <laughs> Who's and, handing out the orange slices? Bing, oh, no, this was like <laughs> pizza. Where are the Capri Suns? The Capri yeah. Suns. Also, <laughs> speaking of the 90s, did you play, did you have the, the Lion King Nintendo game or the Sega game? Oh, did I? I what a hard it. level that was, it, though. For I, I beat it before my brothers did, and I remember um, dying so many times. This is a deep dive, but I remember diving, dying so many times in the levels where you have to jump up and get the bugs and not get the poisonous bugs yes. over and over. Ugh, and then you would hear so that, da, 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 da. and then like, and then he would go, the yep. king has returned. Literally. And you're like, I'm going to uh. continue. The hardest level was, I just can't wait to be king at times, figuring out which thing you would have to hop on to the get monkey, you to the, the monkey next. swing and then the <laughs> jumping on the giraffe heads and yes. then they'd, they'd lift back up and, and you'd tumble into the water yeah. and drown. It was very macabre. It was very. And it's <laughs> but funny. I do. And I remember, I remember the game getting easier when you become grown up Simba. 
And I was like, why why is it so easy now? Unless they're trying to parallel um, like the struggles of like a child to versus when you're an adult. Maybe totally. it's a little easier, but I think it's worse as, as adults. I, all loved, the struggles. I loved that Sega game. I loved it so much. And I loved I loved hearing the very uh odd, slightly uh, wonky score of the Lion King yes. uh, through like a digital like a 16 <laughs> bit or 8 bit whatever oh, it was it was like <laughs> I'll never forget and then when you when you see uh, I almost said Aslan wrong Aslan. brand that's Lion King and that's uh, not Lion King that's Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe but seeing Mufasa in the sky coming out being like remember who you are and I was like oh my god <laughs> I'm doing it, <laughs> but but there you go. I was always an escapist. I was Same here. All, I was an I was an absolute artistic escape artist. Like, I still play video games sometimes to make my mind too. blank out before a reading because yeah. if I'm too wrapped mm-hmm. up in my day and I'm like, oh, this really stressed me out, I will literally just play Miss Pac-Man or something because it's mindless yeah. and my brain goes blank. So yeah. Um, Hundred percent. I gotta. I, I know we spoke about this before we started filming, but it's, it's. I find it so fascinating that you spoke about having perfect pitch. Um, you were you were born deaf. I think I think it was actually relative, relative. pitch, but but like perfect pitch was such a term. And I'll tell you right now, I don't have perfect pitch. I think perfect pitch is something that's very nuanced and it's very specific. And it's one of those like s- sing a C and then you sing a C and then you check it and then you have it I don't think I have that or at least I don't have like I don't have the practice of it I don't believe I have perfect pitch but I do know that I have relative pitch I had been born a deaf or and or extremely hard of hearing which is uh, unbelievable to think about Um, can you talk about that a little I know you said you you don't know too much but it's just fascinating to me now, now it, I turned 30 this year and now it feels like the strangest, um, like side sweeping bit of lore. Like when I bring it up or someone else in me, you know, my mom or my dad bring it up, it's always like, what? Um, and I remember, I remember specifically being told stories about, um, I wouldn't turn my head. Um, if loud noises happened, I wouldn't jump i wouldn't flinch um they would i wasn't responding to my name um, i wasn't responding to anything and my uh the way in which i would laugh from what i remember the way in which i would like laugh or vocalize was a little bit it was as if i didn't have quite an oral skill sure i had oral skills but not which sounds not the a-u-r-a-l incorrect yeah oral mm-hmm. um a-u-r and uh yeah and i remember being told that there were, I mean, I was, I was like newborn. So, um, who knows things could have been developing. I could have been late, which would explain quite a bit about my noggin. But, um, I, I remember being told that I had gone to several doctors and getting second opinions and, uh, you know, specialists and ear tests and all kinds of stuff. And it, it had seemed like there was going to have to be, uh, a change in lifestyle. And then once I'd reached, I think about six-ish, six-ish, oh, that was hard, six-ish months. That's a tongue twister. That's a good vocal warm-up. Um, <laughs> I, my dad said that he prayed over me and that that was when everything changed, that I was crying normally, like my, my vote, uh, or not normally, but typically 
um, because I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with being deaf or blind no. or anything like that. I don't think there's what is normal. But um, yeah, to, like oral typically I was crying and, and uh, yeah, it, uh, and I don't remember any of it, <laughs> but I'm sure it felt traumatic uh, in the moment. Sure. So who knows? I can't I can't imagine having this like tiny little being being like, please, <laughs> you know, like speaking words of healing over it. Um, and I don't, I don't really know how true all of that is, but I do know that um, ever since I've always had ear issues and uh, hearing, hearing issues, and um, I am in no way deaf at all. But uh, yeah, I think that there was definitely a, a time when hearing was not on my roster. It sure. wasn't a skill that I had um, or a sense that I had. And um it's it's wild to think if if things had not shifted in my development um what would i in my whole my whole world is centered around intake and output you know what i mean it's very it's very strange um but i'm very grateful for it i'm so grateful for it i had hearing problems growing up and um yeah. i was a late talker and my mom was very concerned and um, I remember when I started my, my L's and my R's, I had a hard time pronouncing. So they took me to, um, totally. uh, this doctor, uh, uh, a hearing doctor in the falls. And I remember being in the booth, the glass booth and my sister and my mom are in the corner with the doctor. And I remember like, <laughs> I can feel it in like, my body. <laughs> I, I, yes. And I remember, okay, so the doctor is here. Like, I'm going to be the doctor for a minute. And he's like, I'm just going to you know, give you these words and, um, you're going to, you're going to repeat them after me. And I'm like, Oh, okay. This is, and he's like, it's a game. And, um, I was like, Oh, I'm excited. So he's like cat. And I'm like, ice cream cone. And the doctor's like, <laughs> great. And then I see my sister and my mom looking at each other, like, like, you know, like the dance moms when they're watching it upstairs and they're like, and I'm like, Oh, clearly I'm, I'm not saying the words right. So they put tubes in my ears and then, um, I remember going in kindergarten, totally. I was told, I told the kindergarten teacher, I was like, sorry, but you're not allowed to yell at me. I was like, I have tubes in my ears and they could be delicate. So they eventually fell out. <laughs> oh, I was very like, and I, I went back and I love it. turns out there was a bone in my ear work. Um, basically how it worked was the sound was coming in, hitting the bone and bouncing out. So my wow. left ear was working double for my right. So even today, there's still moments where I'm like, I was telling you, I'm like, what? what? And there's like no noise, yeah. but I can hear like a pin drop from like down the street. Totally. And it's crazy because as a medium, one of my strongest abilities is clear audience, which means clear hearing. Um, mm -hmm. And if you're listening at home, I always like to clarify too. There's two types. There's, there's, um, there's subjective uh, clear audience. And then there's objective. Subjective is what I have. And it's what probably like 98% of mediums here where we do not hear like you and I hear right now. It's, mm. I can hear somebody's tone of voice. Like I can, I can, you know, hear um, Whoopi Goldberg's voice and you can hear it, you know, or I yeah. can say James Earl Jones, you hear it. Um, so hear, yeah. it's, and so many times when I hear voice from spirit, it might not be their voice, but they're using what I know from pop culture. So if I hear Blanche Devereaux, I'm like, oh, they have like a strange accent that's Southern. And they're like, oh yeah. So um, it's definitely not how um, 
people think it really works where I can hear them like we hear each other. That's right. a rarity. Could we talk about um, Glee? Like how did that how did that come about for you and what was that experience like? Because I watch it and for some odd reason I get stressed watching it. Like I feel like it must have <laughs> been high stakes. Like my palms yeah. are dripping watching Glee. I'm like I'm nervous um, and I don't yeah. know why. But could you talk about that? I do. <laughs> I do. I do a little bit. Um, what was it? <laughs> how do right. we describe that experience? The Glee Project was a reality competition show where 12, at least in the first season, there were 12 competitors, um, contestants um, from all over. Um, and every single week there would be uh, a theme. So like theatricality or uh, believability, you know, or something like that. Sure. Uh, and which is uh, triggering. <laughs> and, then, um, and then there would be a homework assignment, which was like, um, we'd sing lean on me in the classroom. And then a mentor would come in and listen and then choose a winner. And then they'd have sure. advantage in the music video. And there'd be a music video of another song. And it had to show off how uh, how much we'd internalized the theme of the week. And then if you were in the bottom three, you would sing for your life, um, last chance performance in front of Ryan Murphy and, and all of your mentors and um, stressful. I'm literally having the shakes thinking about it. Oh, I'm so it. sorry. Um, oh, no, 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 no. I just, it's, it was so impactful. It was such an impactful experience. I learned so much about um, my group skills. I learned so much about um, uh, character flaws that I had. Um, and then it was nationally aired and then everybody learned about those flaws and everybody everybody got to see everyone's uh breakfast lunch and dinner and um yeah. and that was a big learning experience that was a really big learning experience and then i uh i was in the final four there it was supposed to be a final three and then all four of the final contestants got to be in the finale and uh i was a runner-up with alex newell we were both runners up and then Damien McGinty and Samuel Larson uh, and Damien and Sam won uh, as a pair. And then Alex and I were runners up. And so that meant I got two episodes with a possibility of extension sure. um, and they did not. But I, I then filmed the first episode of the third season. And then I think it was the eighth or 10th episode of the third season. So that's how that came about. And then, um, and that boy, oh boy, what a roller coaster of an experience. Um, and I won't speak for anyone else that had that experience in the first or second season, but there's, I won't lie and say that it didn't somewhat um, blanket my self esteem. I think it would be self confidence, self esteem um, heavily. Sure. It was like a weird weighted blanket of uh, self-doubt after that, because I think not from, well, I think the filming experience had its own touch on me. And then having, going from being completely unknown to national and global recognition uh, overnight, and then people hating you <laughs> because everybody, you could be the juiciest peach ever. And people are like, I hate peaches. And uh, a lot of people don't like peaches turns out. And, um, and so that was, that was an interesting experience. And then Glee in and of itself is a really was a really uh, intricate machine. You would, you know, they, you were, you weren't just filming a TV show. It was 
when this person's filming this scene, the other person that's not in that scene is going to be at the recording studio recording. And then the, everybody else that's not in the, in those scenes is going to be rehearsing for the dance number that those aren't in. And then, and then sometimes they're all in the same, and it's, it's a lot. It's a factory. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot. And, uh, and that, that show was extremely young. There was a lot, it was, it was a bunch of young people again, thrust into the spotlight out of nowhere. It was a, it was a immediate hit uh rabid they were going on tour yeah. they were doing you know it was i mean they were global superstars overnight and this was season three so specific patterns had set in i believe and i didn't i was only there for i think four days mm -hmm. in all of it maybe five with fittings and rehearsals and sure. stuff but you really felt the young the youth of that of that kind of like young some to prove very excited um energy and some of it was great and some of it wasn't as it is with any job Absolutely. any job and i'm i get asked all the time about specific people and i get asked all the time about specific experiences and i'll i everybody already knows the answer so i don't know why they're asking me i was on two episodes i don't know anything sure. but um i'm like you, you know what the answers are but uh absolutely yeah it there it was definitely like and and everything had to get done so fast like the amount of workload for one episode of glee is unlike <laughs> it's a musical every episode is a musical and yeah. some of the songs get recorded weeks in advance i mean I, the, the amount of overtime that those people must have worked is absolutely out sure. of this world and then um yeah and then and then i remember going on and uh filming like a lifetime a sweet little lifetime uh, show called drop dead diva and the energy was like chill because <laughs> nobody it was a completely different like everybody we were in georgia it was really quiet and then i did Grey's anatomy and it was the chillest because really? everybody had been there for 10 seasons and they were older and they were in their mid-30s you know, late twenties and older, they didn't have anything to prove. Everybody was like, welcome to work. We're so happy to have you, uh, you know, hi, I'm Ellen Pompeo. I'm Patrick Dempsey. Cool, cool, cool. Like yeah. super chill and <laughs> just a completely different experience. And then when I, when I filmed recovery road, we had an amazing, you know, young people and, you know, a different, the older generation coming together and it was just the most chill experience and then i've had experiences where i'm like everyone's yelling <laughs> what's going on yeah. because that's just the nature you know you get a bunch of people and with different personalities in a room and it becomes like a pressure cooker and that's probably why you feel stressed when you watch glee because it was stressful getting that show made so i guess to piggyback you know other big star vehicles so you had glee you're the current alphaba you know what i mean oh like, my lord what like uh, and I, I will <laughs> so never bonkers. forget, I I started tearing up reading a caption that you had posted, and it was the photo of you with it. I, I believe it was Sam who played Fierro, and you're just looking at your hands. Just this idea of you, because you, you had mentioned how when you get there, they kind of slap you in the green makeup, and then they immediately do the press <laughs> shots with um, with Joan Marcus, I believe, correct? Is yeah. it still Joan? Oh, the legend herself. The legend. Yeah. And oh God, um, tiny little white-haired Joan Marcus a genius i know and then you you talk like about... in there like on top of huge ladders and you're like don't fall <laughs> well how does the defying gravity press shot work is that a green screen or or do they put you in the lift 
I'm actually not sure. I think they put you in the lift because I didn't have a Defying Gravity shot. We no. just did like second act, like wizard PD chamber shots one of, like, and... for for the poster outside, sure. um, and like a press release of like her with the broom and uh, just truly one of the most like. I don't even think I'll feel prettier on my wedding day. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I don't think it gets much better than like feeling so cool and powerful. Yeah. Um, and then we did Fiero shots yeah. and uh, no good deed shots. Mm -hmm. uh, so just very, very like we're trying to get like the press shot and the poster shot. And then because Sam, my Fiero, Sam Gravit was going in at the same time as me, he'd, he'd had two weeks because he'd been on the tour for a little while. Um, they were having his Broadway press shots, his official shots done. So we got to do them together, yeah. which was really amazing. And he got ready in like 10 minutes. Where it's like a little <laughs> hair job. Like an hour. <laughs> yeah. He was like ready. And they were like, are we, do we have Lindsay? Where is she? <laughs> I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> oh, I'm coming. But it was, uh, yeah, that was, that was a really, that was a really amazing day. But for, for Defying Gravity, I'm not sure. I think they put you in the lift and yeah. then, uh, and uh, I think they either take you up and she's on a ladder on the stage or you're just like, I don't know. I, I can't know. answer. I don't think I know the answer, but, uh, That's neat. yeah, I would, I can't wait. I would love to have a defined gravity shot. I think they're so cool. I always love with this podcast, trying to find, you know, more of the humanizing things that people might not normally put together before you go on. And can I ask like, how nervous were you trained? Like, were there ever moments of like, can I do this? And of, can I do this show? And were you like, do you get nervous nightly before you would go on in Wicked, I guess? Yeah, I think there, I had a juxtaposition of, of um, having no time to think about anything else but getting it done, especially in rehearsal, um, because you have four weeks and it's such a, it's such an, um, it's an experience unlike anything. I don't even have a word for it. It was so otherworldly to me because I'd never, I'd never been the only one rehearsing before. Um, and there would be really amazing little pockets of getting to rehearse with people because understudies, you know, were having like a slight little rehearsal or put in sure. and, and they'd be like, Hey, you're ready with act one. You can go do act one with them and, and run the show and feel, feel how it's going and we can see where you're at. Um, but I think for a while for the during rehearsals i i really just i was i i keep saying like i i had my head in a bowl of green sand like an ostrich i was just like alphabet on alphabet all the time you know going to bed waking up and steaming and looking through my line cards and and yeah. uh just trying to be as prepared as possible because i knew that i was coming into a world that i was brand new to and i i've been working you know, on multiple things before Broadway, but Alphaba is like my first real Broadway audition. So I knew that I was coming in green and I, <laughs> LOL, but I, I did, I knew that I was coming in like a greenhorn and I knew, I knew that I, I had a lot to learn um, because they're big shoes to fill. Um, and that pressure comes from all angles. Um, and I don't, I don't think it's a pressure that's always meant to be applied, but like, how do you not when it's so iconic? Um, and you know, and the fans have a very specific desire uh, with yes, their alphabets and, and then at the end of the day, anytime I would feel that feeling, um, you know, am I gonna, can I do this? Can I do this? Was always, it was never like, am I good enough? Or, um, you know, I don't belong here. And I've, I definitely had, little whispers of those feelings but it was am i going to be able to do this 
like actually do it, to be able to do it and then sustain it for months. Like, am I ready? Am I going to be physically, do I have the strength within me to do it? And uh, the answer was yes, I did. Um, and it's a strength that you acquire through it. <laughs> you, you don't realize how strong you are until you're doing that. Um, and yeah, and I definitely think, you know, in those moments I'd be, I, I would have to remind myself, if they didn't want you here, they wouldn't have cast you. If they didn't want you here, they wouldn't have, you think, you think that they, they're making mistakes casting the show. Do you think no. that they, that they're going, Ooh, our 17 years of experience right? In casting <laughs> of, putting, of putting women into this part. And on top of it, it doesn't matter what anybody says about you being in the role and nobody really did i don't think i i heard one people be like she's a terrible alpha but like i don't think i heard one thing and if it doesn't who cares um it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that my signature is on a piece of paper that requires me to do the job it doesn't take that away um and at the end of the day it really only matters how i feel when i do it um and if i feel good then then great that being said i had to change the way i talk to myself I had to change the way I had to change the internal dialogue. Uh -huh. And because uh, it's when you're tired and you're at your wits end and all of your devices are at a low uh, at the end of a show, it's really, you know, you're hungry. You're, you're, are you hungry? Are you angry? Are you lonely? Are you tired? You're all those things. So halt, eat a sandwich, <laughs> take a shower, <laughs> call somebody that you love um, and go to bed. Yeah. And, and take care of yourself because like, I don't know about you, but when I'm when I am vulnerable, my brain's like time to mess with her. Mine's, <laughs> time to treat her vicious. like crap. And you said it like when when we're tired, like and that, and and so recently, um, since the podcast started, it's it's like blown up. Like it's it's crazy. Like I I remember years totally. ago where I was maybe doing like one or two readings a month, like years and years ago, and like now it's like every like i i now i now i'm i'm really proud of the fact that i'm, I'm i take one day off in between so mm. um and i'll do a couple a day in between but you know i and i i think i had to remind myself like you deserve a break as well you know this is our, our work doesn't define us like yes i am a medium but yes. that is at the end of the day that's not what makes like that's one that small part of me I, it's it's the same as like our uh, you know our our sexuality our gender it's it's one small part of who we our are weight, our body whatever it Bingo. is it does not it because does when not i'm tired it's are. ugly it's very much like yeah. oh you missed that one person today that they were initially hoping to contact or, or you said that you know it was this instead of this and then your brain starts playing tricks on you go and you go oh gosh i'm booked up for the rest of the like the next two months i'm like am i gonna let these people down and i always say it comes from a place of like love like I care yeah. so much about what I do that I never want to let somebody down because I know it I feel yeah. it when they come into the room that the they're not putting the stakes they're not making them high but I know they're like somebody really wants to talk with this person or this person and um I always say just go in with an open mind and an open heart because you will get the messages that you need not necessarily what you want to hear there's a real freedom and all of a sudden just going okay I'm uh -huh. I'm I'm human. I, I did the best job that I could today. And because one thing that I feel the pressure on is that when you watch TV shows like Long Island Medium, um, Tyler Henry, and while they're incredible, mm -hmm. 
you never see them getting a name wrong. You never see them getting a gender the wrong. Edit, or of course. it's the edit. You know, you don't realize that I think that one 20 minute segment that you see of somebody's reading or in, in, in Long Island because they're shorter, somebody's seven minute segment was probably like two hours to film. Yes. And you know, yes. and and you absolutely and, and you know so you start putting yourself up to these unrealistic unrealistic expectations of what you see and you're like mm-hmm. nope i'm stepping back mm-hmm. and uh, yes. go ahead i'm sorry i didn't mean to I ha- oh no no i'm 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 just empathizing and fully like locked in and <laughs> like, i wish yep. people were more yep. vocal about this i wish performers were more vocal about it with each other i wish mediums were more vocal about and whenever i share these stories i'm not trying to say like I don't do a good job. I'm I'm really proud of the oh, work you do that a great I job. Thank yeah. you. Like and I, I I I work hard, but I share it so that if there is somebody watching this podcast or listening who's trying to develop their spirituality or their their ability as a medium, it's like we all have off days. We you know, and, and there is no rhyme or reason. Sometimes our body is just going. <laughs> You're human. You need to rest today. Yes. Um, and there's no shame in it because I feel like if we're just trying to set ourselves up for perfection all the time, it's it's such a dangerous thing to do. And I agree a thousand percent. And I think I think you're touching on something that's really important in this culture of filter and this culture of edit, um, photos, videos, um, reality television. God, we're obsessed. Do you mind if we talk about your reading? Because I read you yes. about just a, a little under a month ago. So is there anything that you feel comfortable sharing from, I guess, from our reading from, from our time together? Yes. Um, man. <laughs> now I'm thinking about all of it. Um, oh, God. Well, you know, I, I'm someone who's, I don't want to say lucky, but just the way that my life has, has unfolded thus far, um, I've not experienced a lot of, uh, loss of through death. Um, my, my highest and best, like the term that you use, um, was my papa, my grandfather, uh, Bill Pierce, William, William Houston. Um, and I knew he was going to come through because I feel him always. Um, and he's not been gone long. He, I think it's been four years, which feels like so long. (laughs) Um, but he, came through and just like me talkie 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 man <laughs> just he stayed so the entire excited. time yeah he stayed he was he was hanging out entire in the time. back like at any minute someone's gonna <laughs> stop talking i'm gonna come right through and again and he he's a storyteller like i am so um yeah and just funny so funny and so he was just so good he was so good and uh and you you got me crying because there were things that you knew that I've never told anybody um, about my debut. I felt him there oh, with yeah. me the whole time, and you knew that he'd been there with me. And I didn't tell anybody about it. I didn't tell. I didn't tell anybody that I looked down at my hand before that first entrance and closed my hand and said, "We're doing this together," with a suitcase in one hand and me holding like, <laughs> holding my, my you know ethereal grandfather's Grandfather. hand in the other one. And I was like, you, "You're going to have to come do this with me," because that was. The, the dream was that he would be able to see me one day and and it had been quite some time since um before his death since he was able to physically because i was in sure. know, southern california he was in northern and it's very difficult to travel that long when you're when you're older and um 
and I felt him there. I felt him there with me the whole time. And you, you, you said something about that. And I was like, I was gone. I was like, I know it did. I'm so glad I felt so validated. Um, because sometimes when, you know, when I'm not a medium, it can feel, um, can feel like you're, uh, putting on airs, you know, about like, you know, or it can be, I think there's a lot of things of everything is a sign now, you know, it's it's not everything it's God or it's, it's my, you know, everything, you know, something falls down and you're like, Oh, retrograde, you know? And then you're like, no, yeah. (laughs) but, but I think that that goes to show how starved or maybe starved is an insensitive word, but how hungry we all are for things to make sense and for things to come together. And, um, we're, we're really hungry for, uh, the, the sinews to come together. Um, and, and just to hear you say, you know, I just want you to know he was there and the way, the way in which you described it, because of course anybody could say he was there with you, but the way in which you described him being there and the words that I exchanged with him and the words that I could, I knew that he was saying back to me, nobody would have known. When the Oz doors, when the clock doors open because of the rope and they're being pulled, it makes a very specific noise and noise. you can hear it from the audience. And I remember it goes when I read yeah. Bingo. And when I read you, I have goosebumps now. I heard it. And I, know, me too. I saw you looking down at your feet. And I remember, and then I shared with you that language that he had expressed about. And I first thought he was just talking about like the show, because it's you have yeah. to be really careful that you're not just glossing over the message. Like you have to like microscope it in, in like a second. And I'm like, mm-hmm. he's showing me this moment. And I'm like, oh, wait, that's her. That's her first moment that she comes out. And um, yeah. it's just a cool moment that he talked about. Yeah. And, and the phrase we did it was something that I said over and over and over again. And, uh, and I got to the theater early and I, I had, I, I, cause I'm one of those people that likes to be <laughs> there early, but especially on a debut. And I sat there and I, I talked to him. I was like, Hey, I don't know if you're there, but, um, I, it's big night. And if you could be there with me, it would mean the world. Cause I don't know if I can do it without you. That man used to live with us. So he heard me singing <laughs> wicked at a young age. And, um, so it must've been a great, a great thing for him too. He's like, that's what all those songs are about. <laughs> that's what all those songs are about. Um, oh, she's green. I had no idea. <laughs> um, so it, it's good. It's good to know that like he, in a, in a way he got to see the show and I think Absolutely. he was on that stage the whole time. I think he was just like lurking <laughs> on the side. I remember every second of it. And, uh, and I think I just felt so present. Um, and not to say that people who do blackout, I mean, there's, it's so, it's so, much adrenaline you're like you're in a, a race sure. car the whole time it really is wild um it's an it's absolute it's an absolutely upheaving experience and i remember every bloody second of it um and yeah i just i'll absolutely never forget it for as long as i live um yeah just wild and there there's a there's a very specific feeling that I get sometimes of my legs, like as if someone's just guiding me forward. You know, like when you put when you put your hand on in the middle of someone's back and you just gently are like, oh, you yes. move them. I feel that constantly. I feel that all the time. Um, and I don't know, I don't know where it comes from, but I felt it that night when I had that that I, I felt him go like, out you go. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to go whether I want to or not. 
Um, and it was, it really, I really did feel it. And I, and I, um, as someone who is adopted and someone who is always looking for a sense of community, which I'm so grateful I found in, in, uh, the community of theater, which is, I think why I love it more than any other medium I've ever performed under just to know that someone stuck, someone stuck around even after the fact, uh, was really, um, validating and and very calming uh, to hear to hear you basically confirm what I had felt that day, which was almost a year ago on the 25th of this month, it will be a full year since that happened, which makes me very sad. Um, and, and also just very reflective. But um, yeah, it was it was extremely heartwarming and validating. And I was so I, I cried um, so much before and or during and after that, that reading. Um, and I, you know, when you miss someone so much, I didn't get to say bye to him. So it was nice to talk to him and kind of close that. Cause I wasn't there when he died and I wasn't there. I wasn't there um, for the funeral because I was, I was working, I was working on a cruise ship in the yeah. Caribbean. There was no way for me to go home. So it, what a gift you gave me to be able to have the time with him that, both of us wanted um because he that, came in hot the minute you entered he was like hi i'm here well <laughs> like, that's another thing that i wanted to mention because you know if, if you are somebody listening that is more into the intuitive development side what you might yeah. find as a medium is if i i also describe things in terms of intensity and so when i kept hearing grandfather if it's somebody that's going to come in and speak but maybe not hold up the entire reading it'll just be like dad grandfather this was like imagine like a weight being pushed on you and it was like grandfather 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 and i'm like so yep. if you're somebody yep. new to developing your your ability if you hear intensity from me that means there might not be that many other folks that are going to come through they maybe they haven't lost a lot of people but this person is going to speak for a good chunk of it because they yes. are the one that has really been called on the for like the week leading up to the reading you you also have a really great way of preparing you know because not every not maybe not everybody knows you know or has or has those outside source kind of feelings often you know every everyone's individual experience is so specific to them um and and you know their their environment and you know the way that they've grown et cetera, et cetera. and i already felt like i knew you because i'd watched the interview with jenny and you'd already reached out to me and we, you know, we were scheduling a time together and then you sent a video and you said, this is how you're going to prep. Yes. Homework. And I was like, oh, of course. Have I already been doing that? <laughs> I was like, because I kind of talked to him all the time. And then I just went on a walk the day before and said, you know, I'm going to meet, I'm going to meet with someone tomorrow and meet with a medium. And if you would like to come, um, you know, say anything, that would be. I would be so happy to see you. I'd be so happy to hear from you. And I think he was like, yeah, I know. Right. He's like, like I've, been I've already found him. <laughs> He's in Buffalo, New York. <laughs> I'm sure I'm already in bed. Like, I've got it. <laughs> it was, and he's, uh, he was like that where he's like, eh, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm already on it. He was on it. Uh, I was like, he's going to wake him up. I know he's going to be like, hi, think, 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 wake up. Oh, <laughs> it's time. They do that sometimes. And like yeah. sometimes if it's a morning where I let out the dogs because our, our Dalmatian gets up quite early, um, they will start. And I'm like, nope. I'm like, and, um, I but I do I have to mention too, sometimes things work in real time. And what I mean by that mm -hmm. is um, sometimes 
it doesn't happen often, but sometimes something will currently be happening that is out of sight that I can't see, but it's happening while I'm talking with the client. And then I'm told to talk about it. And I'm like, oh, is this a symbol for something? And um, can we talk about literally, I didn't realize it was right behind you, right in front of you. Yeah, we we have to talk about it. Go ahead. We've got a, a raven. So um, my fiance, his, uh, I don't, I hesitate to, to use the word spirit animal because I think that that has been here I go again, but here I am being alphabet, I guess, but, but truly that's, um, my, 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 uh, fiance is, uh, indigenous. And, um, and I think that the term like spirit totem or totem or spirit animal has been slightly by slightly, I mean, greatly, um, appropriated from native culture and first people's culture. So I don't know what the correct term is, but I do believe that there are guides that make themselves known in a, in a specific shape. And I think it's applicable. I know, I know in my Irish lineage, the Druidism, there's a lot of animal connection and there's a lot of earth connection and connection to beings, um, that there is a life within everything that is to be respected. And, um, uh, yeah. Um, if, if not slightly worshiped and, um, that ravens have always been, uh, around and, um, crows have always been something that, um, have just kind of always followed me in, in my life. And I know for my brother, it's a snowy owl. He's always seen one. He's always seen a big white owl, um, around. And he's like, I don't know what that is, but I'm thankful for it. And sure. my mom is buzzards. She always, it's always, but there's, what is this like aviation family that we have, I guess, but <laughs> something about flying. And for me, um, it's, it's crows. And in our reading, you were like, I'm getting the sense <laughs> that <laughs> there's something about crows. There's something, you know, there's crows or ravens as a, as a sign of protection. So when you see them feel comforted, you know, and, and, and I do believe that there's not everything is a sign, but as you were saying that I was looking out this window and there's a tree that we either get morning doves in or crows or the sparrows. And, um, there was a crow literally sitting on a branch, like, Hey, <laughs> I was like, you're never going to believe this. And we kept talking and I said, Oh, by the way, and I moved out of the way and you were like, I, because I was because sitting right I here. Because I can't see it right like, now. It's not visible. Can't see it. And then, and then all the lights were on and you could Crazy. see it. And you were like, I'm, and it was just so very specific. And, um, and then I had a, I had a, a moment after our reading, I told you this story before, but I was driving with my fiance in the car and I was behind the driver's seat and I almost got hit. I, I had checked for my blind spot and I moved over and a car had like, my blinker was on, but a car must have been like, not today <laughs> to me and zoomed up and nearly hit me. And I, I kind of jerked, which is not what you're supposed to do. Um, I, I very, very scared and nervously jerked out of the way, saw something flash across my windshield and um, I had protectively put an arm over my fiance as if like that was going to save us from devastation. Uh, I do that all the time. It's like the aunt mom hand. And, um, and I pulled off the freeway and I said, honey, I'm so sorry. That scared me. And, uh, Steven chuckled to himself and I was like, are you laughing at me? <laughs> Insecure. Are you laughing at me? And he was like, no, right when that happened, right when you jerked out of the way, a crow flew, like flew across the car. And he was like, and you just told me, and it just, it just made me smile because it just shows me something's looking out, you know? And, yep. 
and anything that reminds me whether whether there is connection through the cosmos like that or not any reminder that you at any part of your day you can give it up to the higher thing like at any part of the day you can say you know what i'm going to trust i'm going to trust you. and i'm going to have faith and i'm going to believe that something that that i'm going to be okay and granted you can't just go like walking into fire being like i'm gonna be fine yeah. <laughs> like no be 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 a conscientious human being but um yeah it i was like thanks yeah. <laughs> in that moment i was like thank you because i would have been really bad um and right when we started this podcast there was a crow sitting outside like hey <laughs> just checking in <laughs> you said it so beautifully too because i mean the term spirit animal has really been bastardized um, because, yeah. I mean, now you can take Facebook quizzes and find out what your spirit animal is. And it is really, yeah. you know, to Native culture, it's something that's so sacred and beautiful. And like, like there are yeah. the totems. And, um, you know, I, uh, I always say everyone has a spirit animal. Um, we do not get to choose. It chooses us. And, you know, uh, many times, um, uh, you know, I one of the ways I word it is, if you're trying to figure out what your spirit animal is, don't take a Facebook quiz. You know, um, yeah. you can meditate on it. You can even ask yourself, have I always been drawn to a particular animal um, that I, for some odd reason, like it clicks, it connects with me. Do I think about this animal sometimes for no reason? Doesn't necessarily mean you might be connecting at that moment correctly. But mm. for me, it was always a crocodile. And I looked it up mm. years ago. And, um, you know, each spirit animal has its own distinct Prop, uh, characteristics that we are meant to learn from. And for the crocodile, one of the things is that we can't be docile at all the time, that we have to eventually stand up for ourselves and take action. And that is something that I struggle with as just a human every day of where do I draw the line and being, um, you know, kind to others and, yeah. and letting things roll off my back versus when is it my time to go, you know, okay, um, I'm going to speak up here. So when I sat with you for the reading, I remember I wrote down Lindsay Banana, and I'm like, what the F does this mean? <laughs> and then you couldn't figure it out. I couldn't. And then finally I started hearing the name game, and I was like, da 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 And I was like, Lindsay Banana. I was like, the name game. And I remember I I cracked mm. up watching you. I, I You literally flew off your chair and like ran towards. Because out of nowhere I remembered it's those things that we forget, I think, that make the moments mm -hmm. so much more poignant because we forget. Like, there's moments where <laughs> I meditate and my loved ones will give me a memory that I had long forgotten. I go, oh, yeah. okay. To to give the listener an idea, he'd been Lindsay Banana, like Hannah Banana. And I was like, well, I had a friend named Hannah who was on Glee Project with me and we lived together and and he loved Hannah. He, Papa loved Hannah. And he'd always be like, how's your friend with the red hair? How's she doing? So it could have been attached to that as well. But you were like, oh, it's like Lindsay, Binzy, Bo, Binzy, Banana, Fana, Fo, Finzy, that game, that me, my, Mo, Minzy, Lindsay, Connor, Connor, Bo, Bonner, Banana, uh -huh. Fana, Fo, Foner, my, all my, all of it. Papa, Papa, Po, Papa, Banana, <laughs> Fana, Fo, Papa. Like it was really, that was a name game. And right at the end of our reading, it was like, he was like, remember. <laughs> I, I literally was like, <gasps> Oh my God, he, cause that's an old uh, word game. It's yeah. an old, old, old name game. And uh, it's been going on forever. And I was like, oh my God, he used to be so, he thought he was so funny and clever cause he'd see how many different ways he could make the names come out. And then he and I talked to my mom about that and she was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. And now it's time for some last minute questions. 
if you were stuck as a ghost in one theater and could only watch the same musical over and over, what would you pick? I'm going to say... Oh, God. Um, I feel like it's a cop-out, but I would I would absolutely love to be stuck in uh, The Majestic and see Phantom. Phantom. I think it's an amazing, I think there's a lot of really amazing energy surrounding that show and, um, and it's been around for forever. It's that, or like, you know, you go to the West end and see like Les Mis that's been running for (laughs) ever and ever and ever. But yeah, I think, I think Phantom, I think, and I, I love that theater. I do too. There's some cool stuff that goes on there. So, um, any character you've played that you think could benefit from a medium? Uh, Lady Macbeth. (laughs) (laughs) She could benefit she from needs just help. like a moral. She needs help. She needs a moral yeah, compass. Lady Macbeth. Great. Yeah. If you could go back in time and originate a Broadway role that was like a star-making turn for somebody now who's like iconic, what role would you pick? Hmm. Oh my god. Um, I don't know if it was a star-making role, but I would have. I would love to have originated the witch in Into the Woods. I love that role. The witch or the baker's wife. I just, I, I don't know if they were star making, but what an experience to be in that original cast with those, with the incredible ins and outs of the storyline and the music and it's Sondheim and star solidifying is a good word. Star Star solidifying. solidifying, Cause we're like, cause the, I will never think of anyone other than Bernadette Peters and Joanna Gleason. So of course, And and I think like that or like Sunday in the park with George. I was just oh watching God. this old video of Bernadette Peters at the stage door on YouTube. It came up as recommended and just how stage dooring has changed. Like now it's yeah. desperation and like people are sweating and crying and yeah, literally crying. it was just like four adults outside the theater and Bernadette like came out and like applauded them. She was like, and like just walked away. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. And yeah, then Mandy, I know. Mandy Patinkin just like waved and walked away. Like oh just Mandy Patinkin, my Patinkin, forever excuse crush. me, not Patinkin. Oh my God. Um, Oh, I Thank didn't even you. know you'd said it. We'll you'd said it. Def- out. I like just, the- I, I will. <laughs> Mandy Patinkin. I, I think, I think the reason why You're I would correct. want to have originated Dot in Sunday in the Park with George is to simply have worked with Mandy Patinkin. Could I think imagine? that he's just the most incredible um, vocalist. Oh, or I would have. I'm gonna give a third answer because I'm indecisive. Um, I would have loved to um, originate Mary in the Secret Garden. God, I love that show. Secret Garden comes up very often on this podcast. People talk about that show all the time. Because it's a perfect show. I'm sorry. It's perfect. It's beautiful. There will never, there will never be a song like um, Race You to the Top of the Morning or When a Thing is Wick. The whole show. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. That was a good final choice. And then finally, like, 500 years from now, when we're all not here, how would you want somebody to look back and, and remember you? Um, oh God, this is, this is the question that like always <laughs> gives me like existential stress. Oh no. Um, it's, um, oh God. I don't think I know. I wonder I would just, I would just hope that that they would look through the catalog of my life because there's so much of my life that I am touch wood hopeful to continue living. Um, 
I would hope that they would, maybe it's a cop-out. I don't know if it's a cop-out answer, but I just, I hope that they would be able to see what, what compassion can achieve. Um, a willingness to always be a student. Uh, and I'm so uncomfortable being like, are these my qualities, my good qualities? But um, what, what humility and like, and uh, looking in on oneself can, can do for a life. Cause my life has exponentially changed in the last three or four years um, because of the work. So I think, I think if they could look back and see, see the, the work, um, I would be very proud of that. Well, I want to thank you so much for being my guest today, for being so gracious with your time, with your energy. And um, I will put up your handle. I will put up some of my favorite Lindsay Heather Pierce clips. And um, uh, I I will race to the Gershwin when we are back um, because I cannot wait to scream and cheer you on. And when that gate opens, I will oh be God. I will be that fan that always starts the applause like the minute it opens just to hype up the crowd. I will be oh your hype. Um, I can't wait. Me and Bill will be there wait. screaming and just cheering you on. And I also can't wait to physically meet you. I can't wait. I can't. I feel wait. like we were meant to know each other. Yes, we were. And yeah. so thank you again. And I hope you're well. And mwah, I will, I will talk to you soon. Oh my God. I am just obsessed. Thank you. I it's, it's a mutual feeling. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll you're see like you soon. You're like a twin flame spirit. Yeah. I'll see you soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Hi everyone. I want to thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed. If you want to learn more about stage door medium, please feel free to give me a follow at stage door medium on Instagram, stage medium.com and on YouTube stage door medium as well. I hope you're well and we'll see you soon.